Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast, the official podcast of Light Reading, covering the technology, finance, and people powering tomorrow's communications networks. I'm Phil Harvey, U.S. News Editor, and joining me today is... Ray Lemaitre, Editor-in-Chief in Blighty, as we like to call it. Yes, and uh, Ray, great to see you last week in Portugal for the 2020 Vision Executive yes. Summit. Um, how many of those little pastries did you have the entire week? The pastel donata, I, I restricted myself. I, I, I held on for a weekend frenzy. Um, I didn't make double figures, but I did bring some home, so there's right. always time. Fair enough. See, I couldn't. I didn't want to carry anything on the plane, so I just if there was one within a few feet of me, I just devoured it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right my family have already told me they're buying me a girdle for Christmas. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I was not terribly comfortable on the on the flight back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um, so uh, on today's podcast, we'll talk about what uh, Huawei's troubles mean for five G or could mean for five G. Um, well, uh, this just in, we'll talk about case studies are the news. Um, and, uh, I'm also predicting that I am going to be done with predictions and that will uh, be our final segment. Um, so first let's get into, uh, a little bit of Huawei. Um, they have been, uh, boy, they've just had uh, a hell of a last couple of weeks. Um, the CFO was, uh, the, the founder's daughter was arrested, um, last week in Canada, um, awaits extradition to the U S and the reason being is, um, according to U S authorities and Canadian authorities, this is related to, um, Huawei selling, uh, communications equipment with U S components in it to, um, uh, Iran and, uh, that violated, uh, U S sanctions. So there's, a uh, uh, that, you know, there's a bit of international, uh, law, uh, that, that, that they're supposedly in, in violation of. And, um, but this has just been nonstop, you know, this, the, the, the constant, um, uh, hand wringing about, uh, having Chinese equipment in, uh, core networks, um, has, has been something that, uh, BT mentioned last week, um, and, uh, and, and it's also been a, a constant topic of conversation in the U.S. as well. A lot of senators, a lot of um, uh, legislat legislators uh, on both sides of the aisle have been talking about, um, you know, uh, having using Chinese vendors uh, to do uh, any kind of telecoms contract as being a, a possible security risk. Um, but now you're uh, we're, we're, we're thinking ahead to um, what's what all of this uh uh, political and uh, technology bad news for Huawei means for uh, 5G networks, which are uh, in the process of being rolled out at the moment. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, obviously uh, every day the situation changes, there's updates. Um, you know, we don't quite know where this particular incident is going to take us. But um, I think uh, overall, and I think we've been building up to this for a few weeks, you know, there's there's definitely been um, uh, uh, pressure laid on on various governments in, in, in various countries around the use of uh, technology from China in 5G networks. And this is very quickly starting to have an impact. Now we have this uh, arrest. And I think if we if we just step back away from you know the the details of you know what might happen to the CFO, 
um, you know, what implications might this have for for U.S. Uh, uh, for relations between the U.S. and China? I think that there's a very there's a there's a good chance that this might uh, be a bit of a speed bump in the development of the uh, of five G, which you know is is another way of saying. This could be a speed bump in the development of next generation networks in general. Um, obviously, this impacts the the U.S. market um, least because there isn't any uh, Huawei uh, equipment going to be, uh, you know, in a lot of networks now, and there certainly isn't going to be any uh, in the in the five G and next gen networks uh, in the U.S. But we're now in a situation where every single board and management team at every single operator in the world is going to be putting everything on ice, putting everything on hold and going, what do we do? How do we, we need to change our plans. We need to not only have a plan B, but a plan C about what might happen here. And that's going to halt processes. It's going to stop development. Investors are going to get nervy. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to put, you know, carry on with the programs, a lot of the programs they already had. And the, this is going to slow the industry down. And if you add that to the that that little speed bump we've already had in terms of the backward compatibility issue in the 3GG specs that, that Light Reading um, had a scoop on a couple of weeks ago, the this, yeah. this rush to get 5G out to market, all of a sudden, it's it looks like it might be behind what hope for rather than ahead of yeah it's it's um it, it the two kind of work together because you've got um uh as you as you rightly point out this is a worldwide thing it isn't just a u.s thing now obviously huawei's problems have concentrated on the u.s so um, i guess it was back in late april when u.s authorities said they were investigating huawei for violating sanctions against iran um, when they did that, um, they were, uh, uh, you know, they were, they were effectively, um, you know, uh, banning, you know, thinking of, or, or working out a way to ban, uh, Huawei from selling its equipment in the U S. Um, and they did in fact do that to ZTE. Um, and, uh, and, and it, it paid dearly for that, um, had, had a couple of, uh, bad quarters in a row, um, in, Looking back over light reading headlines, back in, um, uh, I guess, mid-October, um, U.S. senators were reaching out to Canada and encouraging them to ban Huawei as well, um, you know, especially uh, 5G products. Um, just just a, you know, maybe a month later, um, Huawei had, uh, uh, in its financials, had revealed that it had shipped uh more than 10,000 5G base stations to uh, network uh, operators outside of China. So, um, it, you know, it's a, it's got a huge worldwide reach, uh, even even outside the U.S. and Canada, um, as you point out. So, this um, uh, any amount of trouble that Huawei has, and any amount of uh, pause that network operators are given, uh, is going to slow the whole thing down. And, and and possibly make uh, any anyone who's uh, you know taken a taken a risk on Huawei equipment um, a bit uh, uh, maybe you know maybe put them put them behind uh, uh, in terms of the the five G race um, 
or maybe maybe everything goes along just fine but it, it it's something that they certainly can't ignore they have to you know you i can imagine these executives and, and operators who've bought in big with huawei are keeping uh keeping tabs on this on a daily basis yeah and also it depends you know what they've committed to um uh you know so we saw last week that the bt um uh had decided it, it wasn't going to have uh, Huawei equipment in its mobile core anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it, it currently does because BT acquired EE in the UK and EE was a massive user of, of Huawei technology from the core to the edge to transport, etc. Um, but BT has never had Huawei in the you know intelligent core of its network. So not having it in, in the evolution of its mobile core was in line with uh, BT um, strategy uh, all along, and I think speaking to to operators uh, in general, I think there's a a sense and a tendency because although the, the 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 Chinese technology issues had a lot more focus in the last five years, BT took the decision not to have Huawei in its in its core and its uh, intelligent network, as it were, back in two thousand and six. Yeah, and I think you know, uh, speaking to other operators, it's actually you know there are if you have Huawei technology in the um, in the core of your network, then that actually could lead potentially and not definitely, but but potentially to not getting. Uh, government deals in the country in which you're the incumbent operator yeah. and it's just and it that just makes it not worth the risk so why would you risk that use another vendor use huawei elsewhere where they go, where they're good and cost effective and um you know i think that that tendency might become more the norm outside of china of course and outside of other countries um, you know where it isn't such um, such a big issue, but I think overall, you know, what in the long term, what kind of impact will this have? Uh, probably n- not an enormous amount, uh, but you know, we're probably going to get, uh, and we're going to come to use cases in a minute. We're probably not going to get as many five G use cases earlier um sort of early in the 5g evolution as we might have done because of these uh, this and other speed bumps um and that could hold back you know decisions further and every time there's a a pause or somebody takes a breath and goes well hold on a minute we need to reconsider this that hold that holds back investment it hold back holds back development and what we're talking about here is if 5g is going to underpin um all uh, you know the community the communications and the digital um, uh, digital foundations of industries in every vertical yeah then you know we are talking about a bit of a pause for breath in in potentially in in global industrial evolution yeah every single application that rides on a 5g network or requires that kind of latency uh, to exist is uh, is going to have to be put on hold if people are uh, worried about what kind of noise is going to be made if they're yeah. if they're launching a new network service that's based on Huawei equipment. So yeah, you're right. the the uh, the knock on effect could be potentially very large. We have no idea how Huawei will react to this yet, um, and that's partly uh, what we'll be tracking on light reading, and we'll just keep an eye on it and see how it goes. Yeah. 
All but right. this is not another ZTE. I mean, Huawei is much bigger than that, much stronger than that, and Huawei is not going away anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. It's and their their reach, as as I was just noting, their reach is 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 far greater uh, than ZTE. Uh, much more equipment, many more operator customers, and uh, yeah, this is going to be a much bigger deal for a long time. So, uh, so we'll keep tracking that. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about case studies. We are back. Welcome back to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil. That's Ray. Um, we're going to talk about case studies because uh, this just in, case studies are now news. Um, so what I wanted to talk about here was it, I'm finding us at this uh, time when um, it used to be that in the news cycle, in the in the technology news cycle, no one wanted to really... Um, promote or talk about anything unless it was a massive deal with a massive company and there were multi-million dollars or billion dollars, um, lots of zeros in the check that was written from the big customer to the big technology company. And nowadays we are in uh, a, a time when there are an awful lot of really cutting edge technologies that are hitting all at once blockchain. Um, we're going to see a lot of 5G happening in various areas, IoT, smart city stuff, just to name a few. Um, and then, of course, all the virtualization and software-defined um, networking applications that happen in the automation of networks, because that part is kind of the more cutting-edge part, AI especially, but you know, in machine learning uh, applications as well. Um, all of this stuff is not just the old really clean, um, uh, we're a service provider, we just signed a deal to buy uh, 50 million boxes from vendor A and, and 20 million from vendor B, and we're announcing that deal now, and here you go. Um, the news is much more complicated now, and I think that what I really want to encourage people to do is... Uh, um, Let's talk about case studies. Let's get these examples out there. When you have an operator customer who is even um, uh, making any progress at all or using something in their network in an interesting or novel way, even if it's not a you know next generation, world-changing whatever or a multi-trillion dollar deal, um, I still think it's worth surfacing that and telling the industry about it because I think that's how we're all going to sort of uh, move some of these technologies along. Um, blockchain comes to mind, especially. Um, you, you've interviewed some people, right, about you know how they're how they're using blockchain and in, uh, in terms of. Yeah, so I think block blockchain is is kind of the a, a great example of this, and it, it's it's kind of an extreme extreme example of this because you know um, articles about how blockchain is evolving as a technology th that doesn't exist. Um, that that's not news, right? What and and like you say, what is news in the market is how are companies using technology to either develop new services or particularly to improve efficiencies, save money, um, or in some cases make money. Um, but I think the you know um, it's like you say, it's much more the case 
um, for, for so many technologies now where there are so many different permutations. You know, in, in the, back in the day, if somebody developed a, a new uh, DWDM optical platform, right. there were only so many ways you could deploy that. Yep. Um, now, if somebody, um, you know, if a company like Intel or ARM says they've developed a new um, network edge storage and compute um, you know, um, module right. that could enable, um, you know, a, a telco edge computing in street furniture, people go, that's a fantastic development. But what really matters is how will the operators use it? Um, you know what? What is the use case? Um, and I think, and 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 with NFV, there's no doubt about. It, we're six plus years down uh, the NFV path, and what people are still looking for is who has actually used a virtual network function in what is in what instance? How long did it take? How much did it cost? And what services are actually being used by any enterprises? And it's really the enterprise cases that that really matter here. Yeah. And that that's what people want to know about. Yeah, really. it, 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 it comes from, uh, you know, instead of it used to be a speeds and feeds argument, it was always like, well, you know, we shipped all these boxes and they move this many bits at this many seconds and uh, this this volume of, of data and stuff like that. While that stuff is still interesting, Time to market is way more interesting now. Um, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm way more interested in finding out how someone cut three weeks off their development time for an enterprise application because of something they did with virtualization or machine learning or something yeah. that their operator uh, and a technology partner did for them uh, using IoT in the field or something like that. And a lot of these stories are interesting because not not so much because they're currently billion dollar markets or their or, or billions of dollars of units were moved back and forth. I mean, some of these smart cities applications I'm hearing about sound like they're just total money losers right up front. Yeah. But but they're paving the way. They're getting us there, and they're Absolutely. showing showing people what's possible. And I just wanted to encourage people that hey, you know, sometimes what used to pass as news um, is not as interesting, even when it has. Uh, you know, big company implications. I, I think some of these newer technologies and, and the way, the innovative ways that operators are using some of the new technology um, is is definitely worth uh, reporting in the news, but it's also worth um, surfacing. You know, some of these things stay uh, hidden, uh, you know, in corporations because they just don't think to bring it out in the open because why would anybody want to know about that? And I'm, <laughs> I'm saying but I, that, but actually, everybody wants to know about. Yeah, that. <laughs> I'm saying that that when you when you actually go to some of these conferences, um, you know, and and dive into things like blockchain and stuff like that, that's all they talk about is every little case study that you know that yeah. somebody uh, that somebody has has to uh, to bring to the table. So I, I I I think that that part of it is kind of a shift in the way that uh, you know that. Um, that maybe we're reporting things, but I think it's also a shift in, uh, in, in how companies are participating in, you know, uh, in the, in media and public relations and stuff like that. Um, speaking of media and public relations and stuff like that, um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, uh, let's forego our, 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 uh, second break and just go straight into, uh, our third topic, which is, uh, that uh, uh, I am officially uh, predicting that I am done with predictions uh, as we come to the end of yet another year. Uh, and 
um, I'm, I'm looking through my inbox now just as a fun little um, exercise. And I've deleted a lot of these, but the volume of predictions pitches that I get toward the end of the year, and I'm sure you do too, Ray, the, the, um, it's overwhelming. And there's not a single one of these that I would actually take and say, um, I'm so glad they sent this to me. I can't wait to tell my readers about this. <laughs> um, you know, I'll, I'll read like one of them. Uh, well, they, they fall into a couple of camps. First of all, the, there's the camp of predicting something that's already well established as a trend. Um, uh, I got one of those where somebody, uh, uh, let me see if I can find it here. Somebody, yeah, here it is. Somebody said, uh, uh, I won't embarrass the company, but they said, uh, you know, um, uh, predictions that, uh, you know, our, our, our company has helped make predictions that uh, uh, that video will continue to gain momentum and enterprises will turn to this method for communication. And then there were some survey results listed about, uh, you know, why the, why this was uh, a big deal. So the, so this company essentially was wanting me to do a piece on how their guys predicted that video was going to be a big deal. Um, and that prediction was made in 2009. Is that uh, no? This is 2019. Uh, they are, oh, okay. or this was their 2019 prediction. You know, so oh, okay. this, so yeah. And I got this pitch on on uh, on December four. So it's uh, um, it's still very much in the playbook of some PR firms to uh, not really know what's going on in the industry and to simply uh, um, you know predict something that's already happened. Uh, the other kind of flavor of these predictions pitches that I get, which are kind of exhausting. Um, here's another one I got. I won't, I won't, again, I won't embarrass the company, but he was like, if you're working on any predictions pieces toward the end of 2018, feel free to use any of this commentary that's relevant. And then he sent me paragraphs and pages on 5G wireless, IOT, blockchain, AI, infrastructure, and like at least a paragraph or two or sometimes more on each of those topics um, as to be attributed to the uh, the executive that they were uh, that they were pitching. So in other You'd words, never seen them. Yeah. 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 In, in other words, we're just going to um, um, write down everything this guy knows about every <laughs> about every technology and ship it to you and hope you use it in a piece and attribute it as a quote. Um, first of all, that's lazy. Second of all. Um, I went through the different predictions. There wasn't really anything, you know, remarkable in all of it, but, uh, um, I'm just, I'm just kind of tired of it. Everybody please stop. Um, I I'd rather just talk to somebody about what they're doing than, you know, what they're predicting. Am I being too cynical? Do you, do you feel the same way or are you on? No, you, when it, when it's flooding in and, uh, you know, when the predictions are coming in between the MWC emails, um, oh, yeah. you know, that's, that's when you know that you're heading, uh, very ever closer to Christmas. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if somebody could be a little bit more inventive, um, or, or say, Hey, if you're doing a predictions piece, we'll put our CEO on the line and you can ask them live for a prediction. I'd be interested in that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I never I almost never turned down the chance to talk to a, you know a CEO of a, a telecoms a vendor or service provider. And um, I think we could, I think we can predict that that's never going to happen. I, I think <laughs> I think they're never going to bother their boss's boss's boss with such a a, a request. <laughs> um, it's so much easier to just. Uh, write down a bunch of fluff and and throw it over the wall and hope somebody uses it. But but that that's also my problem with it is that it seems like they're doing an awful lot of work for something that no one really asked for. 
Um, well, and I, I know that editors get lazy t- this time of year. I mean, God knows I do, but um, I get lazy throughout the year. Well, yeah, yeah. I do at different times, but uh, it's it's just this whole idea of like, do I ever really just sit down one day and go, you know what, I'm just going to start taking entire paragraphs out of this PR pitch and putting them in my stories. But I think you know, uh, to to be fair, sometimes you know uh, the 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 PR companies are told by the client that this is what they have to do. Oh, yeah. with uh, with their guff. Um, so I would say to the people also instructing their their PR folks uh, what to do, whether they're in-house or agency, please don't ask them to do this. Let's let's have something a bit more creative and useful. Yes, and even if it's such a um, you know to to, to tie it back to the case studies thing a little bit, even if it's just, hey, our CEO or CXO, whatever, wants to talk to Light Reading about why we're having success in Name Your Market and what we think we're going to be able to do in this market next year and why. Like that's, I'll take that interview. That sounds good. Yeah. That sounds like uh, something our readers would want to know, um, you know, but uh, uh, but anyway, I uh, yeah, the predictions business is, uh, especially now, boy, oh boy, uh, with, you know, everybody, I, I love to see predictions around AI just because nobody's even, um, <laughs> people barely understand what it is as a, as a, as a topic and to see predictions around it are really funny. Um, uh, they, they all tend to do with, uh, um, you know, Siri and Google home and those kind of devices with sort of like, you know, smart speaker type stuff. They haven't really, um, ventured into anything. I think all those emails are generated by bots. So they probably are. That's probably yeah. just my, uh, that little screen in my kitchen sending me stuff to keep me occupied. Um, <laughs> anyway. All right, there we go. Uh, so we're done with predictions. Uh, I, uh, Ray, please, uh, uh, sit there uncomfortably and quiet, uh, while I, uh, uh read our outro and, uh, uh, and it goes, uh, like this. Um, this podcast was brought to you by no one yet, um, but uh, sponsorship opportunities are available. So please do email sales at lightreading.com for more info or to sponsor a podcast. Uh, the podcast is mixed and edited by the Light Reading video team. Thank you to Dan, Pierre, and Tien, whichever one of you had anything to do with this. Um, the music was written and performed by Olive Music, and it was licensed by Premium Beat. Do you like what you've heard today? Um, do you have a question for the podcast or the podcasters in this case? Um, do you have a case study to share with us? Uh, please do not share your predictions, but please do drop us a line by emailing editors at lightreading.com and uh, find all of us individually on Twitter. I'm at future Phil. He's at Ray Lamaitra. Yep. And there goes our, uh, uh, our outro Ray, any parting words? Um, I predict that we'll be at MWC in 2019. <laughs> I predict I will be there too. Uh, I will be, I'm already getting tired just thinking about it. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk to you next time. Bye.